going to go to the Dude Maker, uh, our StreamYard hotline, and uh, welcome George Webb, uh, who is the author of Citizen Journals. Um, and uh, George is also, and I was saying this earlier, is a DARPA nut, meaning that he likes to cover DARPA. We talk a lot about DARPA. Not enough is known about DARPA. And uh, the vaccines, what Pfizer is pumping into people's veins or, or into their bodies, et cetera, et cetera here. Uh, George, uh, thank you for uh, being with us here today on the program. How are you? I'm great. Uh uh, King dude, I, is that how I should call you? <laughs> <laughs> you can call me Mike. It's fine. The, uh, the, the 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 old name just kind of survived the old station in the old country. Um, so, what do you uh, what, what, tell our our viewers and our listeners a little bit of background about you and what you've been doing? Well, I, I'm a citizen journalist, so I've been doing this about six years, uh, self financed. Uh, but I do have uh, people who buy me a coffee, so I work for buy me a coffee, I guess. Um, and you just did a thing on coffee, which is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> but I, I've written a lot of booklets, about 100 150 page booklets, about 40 of them, 45. And then I've written some big thick ones like the DARPA book here and, and so forth, 400 some. But it's mainly on the topics of, of national intelligence and the national intelligence community getting into bioagents, that sort of thing, coronavirus, that sort of thing. Okay, uh, well, that's a good jumping-off place. Uh, you were at the the Republican Governors Association meeting uh, the this weekend, and I thought we could start talking about this because I've been covering this topic for a long, long time. I've been at this a long time, and one of the I had a, a representative from the state of Mississippi on this show about three years ago, maybe four years ago, and uh, I asked him about this question. I said, "Well, if 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 I know that." you know that you can't spend debt money in your state and that the only way that you can is to get congress to appropriate it and then supposedly mandate mandate the spending then aren't you participating then directly in the debt that you that you complain about and he goes yeah guilty is charged i said well what do we do about this and he said Nothing can be done about it because none of my colleagues are going to go along with not getting the gravy train check from the fe from the from the federal government uh, that that they get. So you told me that this is what they were talking about that the that the Republican governors actually asked for the debt ceiling. Yeah, it's uh, across the board. Uh, it's almost like when you vote for defense, uh, you get ninety eight votes for the National Defense Authorization Act, and you get maybe one Bernie Sanders or somebody who says no. Uh, who doesn't talk to the defense contractors like the f-35 for instance is made in 47 of our 50 states uh, and, and bio is is heading that direction pfizer has plants in nine states uh, already but pfizer wants to expand the footprint and pfizer isn't just into uh human biologics you know the shots that we know of of COVID, but they're also into all the animal pharma as well so it's george oil well for the animals too <laughs> 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 well, did you cover, uh, and forgive me that I didn't know, uh, there was a lawsuit that was filed against the people that make uh, glyphosate. Uh, it used to be the Bayer Com Corporation. Um, and I want to say that it was actually settled and that Bayer lost, or whoever made glyphosate. This stuff is everywhere. We have people that listen to this show, and they farm their own chickens. They're looking for chicken feed. They can't find chicken feed. They call it organic. They can't find chicken feed that doesn't have glyphosate in it now. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not the expert on glyphosate. I know there are people out there that I've identified that really are. Uh, I thought Monsanto, for some reason, had bought up uh, the glyphosate, and they were kind of they did. using it in, in their GMO strategy. But if, if not, there's been several great documentaries about how GMO has is made not to make the, the corn better or the rice better or whatever. It's made to crowd out natural strains or wild-type strains, as they call them, uh, so that you could only buy the patented uh, GMO uh, corn. They want to do that with every crop, and, and I think animal feed is going in the same direction. Yeah, the animal feed is a big deal. Let's go back to the Republican Governors Association meeting. Uh, you told me on Saturday that they were talking about an H5N1, that Pfizer was actually at the convention? Yeah, uh, Project Veritas did a uh, expose on it where they kind of... Uh, jumped on one of the uh, Pfizer folks uh, going to the meeting. But yeah, the Republican Governors Association actually had them there. So Stephen Cox, the governor from uh, Utah, had Pfizer in. And the, the big idea there is, hey, we got to get ready for the next pandemic. We can't tell all the people about it right now uh, because they're so exhausted, you know, from COVID, you know, for the five rounds of COVID we've had. But you got to get ready for H5N1, and you need to be thinking about mRNA, or that initials before, for H5N1. So they're talking about building plants for H5N1, not only for humans, but also for the animals. And it's very tough. You know, if you're a governor, like you say, you want to raise the debt ceiling so that revenue share money comes to you. And then the second thing you want to do is you want to build a factory. You want to be able to be like Gretchen Whitmer in New York and say, here's my $750 million dollars. I got from the governor, uh, a government, to build this factory here in Kalamazoo or in Pearl River, New York. You know, you want to be the governor there saying, hey, here's my new $470 million factory. So that's the strategy now, but going for the GOP governors now. So there's no distinction to be made then between Democrats and, and Republicans. They're all holding their hand out for big, for big pharma money. There's really no choice as a governor. You've got to play ball. Uh, this is kind of the setup here that you alluded to that's kind of like a catch-22. Once you become the governor in, in a Republican state, they want, you know, your people want factories in your home state. You want that tax base in your state. You want the uh, tourism that comes with it and all the other spinoff things. So you have to compete. So you have to meet with Bola. You have to give him money uh, and have him come to your, you know, be, be nice to him and, and court him like he's a king so that he'll come. And it's not just him. It's, it's also uh, Moderna and all the other pharmaceuticals that go right along with this. So uh, George Webb is a, uh, a citizen journalist on our Dude Maker Hotline here with us. Uh, you were covering this from the from the beginning, from the the start of the Corona Doom, as I, as my friend William Briggs called it, and I've adopted the name ever since. Um, we actually begin today rebroadcasting our shows from uh, February of 2020 to chronicle that because I never bought it for a second. I, I saw what was coming out uh, in January, then I saw what was coming out of Italy, and immediately went, statistically, something's not right here. Um, uh, and uh, so I want to walk people back through what we went through in 2020, because people have forgotten. You mentioned Gretchen uh, Dim Whitmer, as I call her. Um, she's lockdown queen, yet she coasts to re-election here. I have a lot of listeners in Michigan. They despise the woman. And yet, you know, this is one of the, uh, she's one of the, the, the principal architects and principal promoters of lockdowns and forced and mandatory vaccines. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you remember Gretchen Whitmer saying that you couldn't go on your yacht in Michigan in the summertime. <laughs> and, and, you know, Michigan winter is nine uh, months of winter followed by three months of disappointment. So, so <laughs> when you, when you get your summer, right, in Michigan, you want to get on your boat. That's just Michigan. All the lakes, beautiful lakes, just in Portage and Kalamazoo, beautiful, gorgeous. But you want to get out there on your boat. She said you couldn't be out there on your boat with your own family members because that's you weren't social distancing and that you couldn't go to your cabin on the lake because you weren't social distancing meanwhile her husband was getting her slip in at the yacht club uh while she was saying that at the other side of her mouth so people have seen this whole thing how this game is played it's don't do as i say you know do like i tell you uh so it's tough for people and I could see the dynamics where you have these people from industry who are dangling the factory and you have to play ball you know you just have to well let me ask you George from the, from the start uh, did you smell a rat from the beginning were you aware and did you report on it forgive me I wasn't reading everything that was coming my way uh, of event 201 for example um, uh, did you see this from the beginning as, as, as kind of as just suspicion went wait a minute something's not right here let's let, let's look at this statistically let's look at the, the, the data they're sending us it never added up did it add up for you well, we, we had outlined this uh, group in Ukraine, uh, this Azov group led by this billionaire named Kolomoisky, who was doing a lot of weird stuff with bioagents all over the world. And he was in China, in Hong Kong, in uh, late part of the year, seemingly spraying protesters with something. That didn't seem right. That seemed like it could start a pandemic. Uh, so we had a, a big journalism powwow where we brought 12 people in. We were on the Potomac there, just down the river from the Pentagon and, and the Capitol. And, and we outlined this just as the WHO was uh, saying this is a big pandemic. And we saw all kinds of people at the highest levels at the State Department uh, there in Wuhan uh, at the military games. This is a month before people think of when the thing broke out in November. This is back in October 2019. And that is your super spreader event. Now the State Department has admitted that is the big initial cluster where things got out of hand. And we saw all these State Department people reporting to the highest level of NATO, DARPA people there, um, a 10-year uh, cooperation between the U.S. State Department and the Wuhan lab. So a lot of things didn't add up right off from the start. Okay, well, let me follow up here. Uh, let's stay on, the, the, on Ukraine. I narrated for a couple of French journalists a five-part video series called Ukraine Gate. And when you said Zolomoyski, I went, wait a minute, I know that name from Ukraine Gate. Uh, there was also a link to the Ukrainians. Okay, we can trace Biden's participation in Ukraine all the way back to 2011 or so. Uh, people forget that Obama put him at the head of the swine flu task force. Uh, that as vice president, Joseph Robinette Biden was head of the, of, the task, of the swine flu task force. And I'm able to stitch together a nice little timeline that they took swine flu, which was SARS-CoV-9, basically. They took swine flu and then worked on gain-of-function weaponizing, and as they work on gain-of-function, my theory goes, well, if you're going to do gain-of-function as a military, as a bioweapon, you got to make you, you got to make a, 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 an antidote at the same time. So this is how we get the, uh, we get the, 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 the vaccine. Uh, can you corroborate any of what I just said? 
Yes, I wrote a book about it. It's not on the shelf here, but it's called uh, um, Spray It in Dutch. And it's about a lab called the Erasmus Lab that's been internationally condemned as doing uh, gain-of-function work on H5N1, the thing that Pfizer was, was touting this weekend. Um, and it is very much similar to the SARS virus, the same kind of spikes that you see with the, on the ball, the Velcro ball, and the same kind of uh, entry into same proteins, et cetera, to enter into the cell, all that sort of thing. And the same lab, the same lab did SARS, uh, MERS, which is a variant of SARS, and then SARS-CoV-2. So a very tight group of people. And they have this lab, uh, Marion Koopmans, She's also the person doing the investigation, which is a little bit like having the fox, you know, see why all the chickens died the next morning. Uh, but she also has a, a tight relationship for the last 10 years with the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese Communist uh, Academies of Science that do these bioweapons. So everything you're saying leads right to Rotterdam. I went to Rotterdam, pointed at where the gain of function was. And, you know, we're just trying to get the word out. Well, so when you go to Rotterdam and you're standing outside that building, do they know you're there? <laughs> uh, I, I did talk to a couple of employees, but most of them don't know I'm there. <laughs> I, I knocked on the door and asked if I could come in. I don't do the secret camera like James will keep it at Project Veritas. I'm too tall. I'm 6'8". So, um, <laughs> yeah, it might stand out a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't be able to fool anybody. Uh, but they said no, and then they called the police, and so I stood outside the building. But... You know, when you're pointing and you're doing a camera spot, they can say something's going on here. <laughs> so, but uh, I talked to a lot of great uh, investigative journalists uh, in uh, Holland. Andera Krant was the one I met up with about 12 journalists. So stir the pot, if nothing else. Oh, okay, well, let's uh, with George Webb, uh, author of uh, Citizen Journalist, and uh, I want to talk to you about World War Darpa, but we'll get to that in a moment. Let's talk about what just happened with uh, Project Veritas. Now, as I told you, I, I it's not my flavor of the month, the, the sting operation. I understand it has a role in undercover investigative journalism. I just, it, 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 for whatever reason, uh, I'll use it as a tool. And if I think that the, the source is, is valid, uh, uh, the, uh, like from a Project Veritas, I may broadcast, but I always kind of disclaim it that you don't know what the, the situation that led to the sting. Like, to me, it was more interesting to me that they entrapped the guy, the Tristan Jordan, uh, uh, Jordan, Tristan Jordan Walker, that they entrapped him using Grinder. <laughs> it's like, that to me is a story right there. That's a big story. It's a big scandal. Um, but... You came to this, and I'm like, and, and my friend uh, uh, BKB, who we'll call him, was sending me, uh, and I was reading your reports, and, and you were challenging uh, uh, James O'Keefe's narrative of like, look, you got basically a patsy. You're on the right track, but you didn't get the right source. Tell our viewers and our listeners about the Project Veritas uh, report of the gain of function that you just mentioned. What did O'Keefe get right and what did he get wrong? I, I totally agree with you, Mike. Uh, it's a great uh, door opener. You kind of blow the door open, blow the lock off with the uh, hidden thing. But then you got to rush in and get the story. And you can't just say, look at that. Man, we took care of that door. <laughs> uh, and that was kind of the story here. The Jordan Walker guy was a very low-level person who was put on an incredibly important report that the Boston Consulting Group wrote. And three partner-level people were on it. And then we had this kind of low-level person, you know, 
the you know there's always one that's making copies and and going to get the pizza that sort of thing <laughs> and that's where he was he had flunked out of his first year of internship as a urologist at tufts you know he wasn't the guy who's going to make policy but anyway in this paper that uh, boston consulting group did they resurrected remdesivir remdesivir was uh, a twice failed drug from gilead it had failed in hep c it had failed in ebola and now they needed to resurrect this thing and this paper did it uh, there was some people at darpa michael callahan and wuhan that did a trial there um, they were pushing 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 to bring this thing back and then they put all the other therapeutics that you could use hydroxychloroquine was was bashed in their report as well and just kind of said well these are all the other also rants and that jordan walker is a part of that paper and i found it just by saying jordan walker and covid there was nothing there about pfizer but he had this big paper at at boston consulting group so that was the first thing that led me to say hey maybe i should turn my focus a little bit more on these higher ups and then I found out, of course, that the Boston Consulting Group had this really tight, high-level partnership with the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, and their CEO was his protege. Then I started saying, wait a minute, this reminds me of Michigan, where Gretchen Whitmer and her deputy governor are Klaus Schwab young global leaders. This doesn't look good. Okay, so, and then where, uh, so, all roads, it seems, uh, all shamdemic, scamdemic, whatever you want to call it, roads seem at some point to either fork or terminate at the World Economic Forum. Or the Dr. Schwab wants all the stakeholders of the world. This guy, I mean, if I can do his voice, then he's doing a voice. He's like a bad German actor out of a 1955 to 1965 World War II movie trying to do a German accent. But it is true, though, that the world's bad guys, the people that did all the mandates, everything that, 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 that we opposed as affronts to liberty, affronts to a Christian order of things, that they all seem to have a connection to, to Klaus Schwab. Yeah, I went to Ravensburg, uh, where Klaus is from, and where his father was from. His father was the, one of the top Nazi contractors, flamethrower contractors, as well as doing nuclear um, uh, turbines and so forth, and, and enrichment for South Africa after World War II. So this is not a group that uh, is making, uh, you know, uh, cup holders for warming coffee like the <laughs> Montana Arts Group. No, this is people that are doing, like, weapons programs and then so there's klaus schwab and he is the one that is sort of running this uh, deal bring weapons people have the money uh and they need government though because they need government to give them money for wars and it's it's a self you know it's one hand washes the other type situation and i think that's what you're seeing with klaus schwab these uh controlled releases of these viruses are ways of then building uh, BSL plants all over the world, and now they're taking that same strategy and doing that in the United States. So the unfortunate thing here, uh, folks, is that uh, because of the allure of the money, and this is why the vaccine mandate from uh, from Pelosi's Congress, then handed off and then uh, rubber stamped by Biden, this is why this was a bit of a kill shot, because it basically enshrines into federal law and federal policy, or it did, uh, that the, the, the government not only can mandate this stuff, but it'll make commitments to buy it. People don't know that states 
contracted with Pfizer and said, you know, we're, we're going to pre-order 300 million sh- doses or whatever. Whether and, and, and the deal was, correct me if I'm wrong, even if you didn't take delivery and use the jabs, you, your government still had to pay for them. Absolutely. Uh, that's the whole uh, ASPR is the preparedness organization. And they, they stockpiled it already. So that they bought it already. The federal government bought it already, and then they revenue shared it out to the states. So uh, let's go back to O'Keefe for a moment, because your subject this morning said that he was guilty of journalism. It is it, it, okay. Why was he guilty of journalism? Because apparently, and I, I was telling my audience, I'm like, guys, this is why we're small because we don't swim in these waters. They have 55 employees. I was shocked when I heard that. I had no idea that Project Veritas was this large. Well, why why do you say on Substack this morning or yesterday rather that uh, that he was guilty of journalism? Yeah, my Substack's George Webb. If people want to check that out, two Bs. The uh, I thought James was fighting me on this. James wasn't fighting me. I got on a, a large Twitter space. We had 5,000 people on Grant Cardone's space. I gave him this paper that I just talked about. And uh, I had been on with uh, uh, the person who's trying to throw James out of Project Veritas two days before with 11,000 people trying to give him this paper. And he was like, we don't want it. You know, we want the story to be about Pfizer. We don't want the Boston Consulting Group thing. But James was quite the opposite. James was like, hey, tell me more. Oh, who else is on this thing? Oh, one of the guys used to work at Moderna? That's interesting. One of these guys is the partner that does all the policy for the hospitals that put remdesivir in the hospitals? I'm interested. The other guy works with the AMA to threaten the AMA if they push back on the remdesivir? I'm interested. So, I, you know, it's this direct conversations rather than making an assumption. I was like, this James O'Keefe, he's, this, he's the old guy I knew who exposed CNN. And I thought everything was going great. The video had 30 some million views, the follow-up videos, three or four million. And I thought, this is awesome. This is really going to get this story out. The next day, he tweeted all the stuff I gave him. All of those were removed, all the tweets. And it was, finally, it looked like the paper was filmed, but it was like at a sniper shot, like 300 yards away. <laughs> you couldn't even make out the, you couldn't even make out the VCG hardly. They had pushed this thing down. They do not want this thing blowing back on Klaus Schwab. I couldn't believe it. And then the next thing that happened is this engineered coup from this guy I'd been on the phone with. Matt Tierman had been trying to throw James out, and that's where we are today. So, uh, so folks, we covered this, and I didn't know any of what you just said. I mean, I knew, I, I knew about the calls, the 5,000 and the 11,000 Twitter calls. I knew about that, and I knew about the Boston Consulting Group because I, uh, I, I had been reading you. But I did not know that James was with you because it looked to me in public, especially in the first week, first couple of days after the O'Keefe story broke with Jordan Tristan Walker, it looked to me like Project Veritas was dueling with you and, and, and was saying, no, you're wrong, we got it right, the story is correct. But I didn't know that O'Keefe was still at, being the gumshoe that we all know and uh, and expect him to be. You're exactly right, Mike. I mean, the first couple of days, it was like I looked him up quickly. Uh, he had been a, a prankster. Jordan Walker had been a prankster at, at Yale. He'd put up ROFL on the cross, on the school cross, you know, that, that kind of thing. 
these are the guys that are fun to be around, maybe in college, but they're not necessarily, you know, doctor material. Uh, he hadn't, he had washed out of Tufts. He had lied on his resume about being on Mass, at Mass General. I checked that out. I went to Boston to uh, actually interview the other interns there. So I, I thought, hey, I see a patsy here. I see a Lee Harvey Oswald being kind of put in your midst here, and there's a bigger story here. And I really thought James was behind that, knocking that down. And it turned out that wasn't true at all. James was like, hey, whoa, I, somebody's been holding this information away from me. I want this Boston Consulting Group information. And then... That's a story, George. That's a huge story. Yeah, yeah, that split, that split Project Veritas right down the middle. Yeah. That's it. That's incredible. Uh, George Webb, author, uh, citizen journal, journalist, and a worldwide DARPA and many other publications. Find him at georgewebb.substack.com. That's georgewebb2bs.substack.com. Uh, um, this is what... <laughs> okay, we're well, a little entity, this the Crusade Channel. We exist because we have a couple of thousand of very devoted um, uh, and maybe a, a little touched uh, subscribers and listeners and supporters. Um, so I don't answer to anyone other than them, kind of like you. So, you know, we're in a relentless pursuit of truth. If it's truth, we'll broadcast it. If I get it wrong, like I got some of the O'Keefe story, I'll go back behind myself and I'll do a retraction because this is the way we're supposed to work as journalists and as custodians of the, of the airwaves, custodians of the, of the print. If you make a mistake, own up to it. The people will forgive you. They won't forgive you if you lie. <laughs> if you insist that a lie is still true because it's in your fan financial interest, then they won't forgive you. And I so said, this seems to me, I mean, it's just baked into my psyche. I mean, I, maybe I was... I, I was trained in the 90s where we still had some ethics here. I'm just shocked to hear that another daily, like another Ben Shapiro operation here, where the truth is a casualty of the profit margin and those that, that, that uh, because you had the profit margin, you paid the ferryman at the River Sticks. They're on the boat now. And protecting the higher-ups where the money comes from is really what the what the business is. I, I'm just I'm 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 surprised to hear it about Project Veritas. Yeah, it's quite open. There is a big uh, national uh, fight between people who support James O'Keefe and people who support this new kind of junta that's developed with this Tiermond T I T Y R M A N D, and then he's brought in this yacht millionaire son. Uh, you know, from Connecticut, Rhode Island, excuse me, the Newport yacht crowd. Right. And they're kind of arguing back and forth. And James fired the yacht guy because he was going to try to clamp James down and say, you can talk about this, but not that. And James is like, no. So he fired that guy. Well, that guy got reinstated, the yacht uh, uh, kid. He's 52, but he's got all the <laughs> yacht money. He's a kid to me. Uh, so this is what's going on. Tiermond and the yacht guy are fighting against James for the con uh, for control of the Project Veritas right now. So, uh, there you, uh, folks, that's a scoop. That's a story uh, that you won't hear anywhere else. All right. I, I, I only asked you for a half an hour, and I, I, I try to. I want to keep my word here. So, I just want to. Uh, uh, and, and I'd love to have you uh, back again to continue the conversation because I want to talk to you about Ukraine. Because, you know, uh, I. Uh, the, before the Ukraine thing started, remember, I narrated Ukraine Gate. I knew about Zolomoysky, about all the oligarchs. I knew about the Biden 
Biden, Biden regime, the Biden family, about the Carries, about uh, um, uh, De- uh, Devin Archer, about Pelosi's son, uh, uh, Romney's son, all of them involved in this. This goes all the way back into the Obama administration. Um, uh, I knew about the 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 uh, the, uh, the the Medan the Medan revolution. I knew about the Minsk Accords. You know, I, I, I never liked John McCain, and John McCain was always uh, on the wrong side of every foreign policy question of my adult life. Um, and he was on uh, uh, the side uh, of the oligarchs here. So I want to talk to you about that, but not today. I, I we'll, we'll, Let's do another one. We'll, we'll follow up on that. Tell the folks about that book on your shelf right behind you, World War DARPA. This... <laughs> this... <laughs> Okay, DARPA is is not something that we're supposed to talk about. We're not even supposed to know about it, even though it is a real deal. It's been around for a long time. You know, they actually they are responsible. Correct me if I'm wrong for the technology of what we call Ethernet uh, land uh, land networking. So this goes all the way back to either the '60s or the '70s. What's the book about? Yeah, DARPA, great inventions. I've known people who invented the internet, you know, and did that. You know, know Al Gore. No, no. <laughs> you you can't get that high up. <laughs> routers, you can't get you know when somebody knows about the routers and, and not routers, that's super secret. But but anyway, uh, you know it is a good thing. It's ARPANET turned into DARPANET and things like that. That's good. Uh, satellite uh, stuff. Uh, that came out of the U2 program is the dark side of DARPA. And that's where you get a lot of uh, where they kind of went over into this bio agent area. And the bio agents, like you said, sword and shield, you need to develop the countermeasures of the vaccines at the, the, at the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. So you need sword and shield all the time. You need to, it's kind of a continuous uh, one upsmanship uh, co- measure, countermeasure. Uh, so that's the business because they said, hey, wait a minute. We can take all this and put it out into the, you know, real world. Put a little fly in the ointment. Now we have a little bit of a breakout. They call it a live exercise, like Event Two Hundred One you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And now we can put in this mRNA platform and sell it. That's the company of Moderna was created from DARPA from day one. Uh, and Moderna wants to now move from vaccines uh, for uh, uh, respiratory to cancer. Uh, and repairing your heart, cardiac. They want to now repair all the things that the respiratory viruses caused. And this was also a part of what Jordan Walker was doing at Boston Consulting Group for the presentation at Pfizer, getting mRNA into their cancer therapies. So it's the the topic of of a future show, uh, but there's a lot to this DARPA technology moving into the pharmaceuticals. What does DARPA stand for? Tell our listeners. Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. I am old enough to remember, I don't know if you're old enough to remember, but I am old enough to remember the first Macs that I owned that had Ethernet ports on them. So we're talking somewhere around uh, the LC series. Uh, not a, a Mac SE didn't have a, a, an Ethernet port, but somewhere around 1989, or probably when Steve was on his way out. And I can remember, I remember, you would open up your system preferences and in the preferences for the network preferences were DARPA. It was referred to as Ethernet or LAN DARPA. So uh, it's obvious here that, 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 that the te- technology of, and I believe the technology at the end of the day is just that the, it's the technology of sending packets back and forth. Is that right? 
Yes, yes. And uh, Bob Metcalf at 3Com and a lot of other DARPA spinoffs uh, did Ethernet, uh, Xerox, and so forth. But yeah, you're right. Um, this, uh, let me just, uh, th this technology does filter into our commercial world. Uh, and that's been since, like you mentioned, I remember, I remember the old 80, 1984 Apple commercial at a Super Bowl. It'd be nice if they'd make a commercial like that again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but anyway, that was a great commercial. You still remember it. it only aired one time. But you're right exactly that they take this technology and then they move it to the private sector. That's great when it's, it's something that makes our phones smaller or our connectivity faster. But it's not so great when it starts making our immune systems weaker and us more dependent on the next booster. And that's the direction we're going, unfortunately, and we've got to stop it. Yeah, and I was, uh, that's what I was telling people earlier. And I was also informing people that you know, there was another spinoff war uh, over these things called CDNs, content delivery networks. Amazon won the war, but Amazon won it uh, based on uh, government contracts. Uh, your 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 state government's servers run on Amazon S3 services. Most people don't know that. Amazon literally runs the world. Um, and it was because someone in the Amazon Corporation in the 1990s believed in the DARPA project, thought that the Internet was, was the future, as Steve Jobs did, and then started building content delivery network server farms. You, you could write volumes of books about this. Um, and that's, that's how the whole, the whole scheme, if you will, came about. So uh, we have lots to catch up on, my friend. Yeah. Well, we'll do it on the next show. Uh, the grandfather of Jeff Bezos, L.P. Geis, was the one who ran uh, all the Department of Energy's Q-level clearances, the highest level clearances. So we, we could talk about that, too. I did, and, uh, I did not know that. LP Geis, yeah. LP Geis. G I S E. LP Geis. Look at look, Google LP Geis, yeah. Will do. All right. Yeah. Where, 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 where can my listeners buy your books? Where, 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 where you want to send them? Um, so uh, the best place to go is really my Substack. Um, also at Real George Web One, the number one Real George Web One. Um, and then I these books are available through a gentleman, a young up and coming journalist named Addy Ads. A D D Y A D D S. And uh, all profits and proceeds go to Addy uh, for uh, indexing and, and just because I want to support young journalists. Yeah, let's do that. We, sh we should. All right. He is George Webb. Uh, find him on Substack, georgewebb2bs.substack.com. All right, George, thank you for being generous with your time. I look forward to the next visit, but my friend, keep up the great work. 